0: And welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talkin' Schmodown. That is right, I am back for another episode. This is episode number 51, and it's a big one. Uh, as you may notice, there was not an episode last week uh, covering the round three of the Inner Geekdom Tournament. However, I will be covering all of that today. Uh, I was out of town for, for a while, and... Uh, and I didn't want to just skip it, so I decided I'm gonna roll it into this episode. Uh so I mean it's gonna be good. There's gonna be five matches that we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be talking about the uh wrap-up to uh the Inner Geekdom tournament, all three matches that ended that tournament. And then the uh just recent Schmoe throwdown. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So uh honestly, because of how much that we got going on, I think we should just really get into it. Uh I've got uh I got my Loganberry wine ready to go. Ah, so let's get on to it. Alright. So, we're going to get into this first match. And like I said, uh, it is from a couple of weeks ago. It is uh, the first of the round three matches. That's right. We got Chance Ellison versus The Barbarian. Uh, this uh, Cinderella story of Chance Ellison Coming up the rank. Nobody thought he was going to beat Paul Oyama. I mean a few few people might have. But most people did not think he was going to beat Paul Oyama. Pretty much everybody. Did not think he was going to beat. Uh, Robert Parker. And then it came down to the Barbarian. And a lot of people. Were doubting Chance yet again. But after he beat. Robert Parker. Now let me say this. I thought Parker was going to beat Chance. However. I was rooting for Chance to win that one, but I I, I had doubts be just because of 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 this I guess you could call a legacy that that Parker has has kind of built for himself in the fan leagues, uh, and and all this stuff. So I was like, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but it did. You know that it was a huge upset, uh, but hey, it wasn't an upset for me. It's who I it's who I picked, uh, who I wanted to win, not who I thought actually would. So when this match came up. I, uh, I, I I gotta say, I was going with Chance. Like, a lot of people were like, it's not gonna be Chance, it's gonna be Barbarian. I was like, you saw what he did against Parker, alright? He beat the unbeatable. And I love the Barbarian, he's a great dude, Craig is great. But he's not the unbeatable, you know what I mean? Uh, he didn't have that, that reputation. And so, when it came to this match, Chance was my guy, and, uh, and he definitely delivered here, uh. I mean, he's been the underdog for this entire tournament. And I'm so happy to see that he was able to kind of rise up throughout this, uh, which we'll get to uh, uh, exactly how far he rose uh, very soon. All right, so we get into this match, and the Barbarian comes out with another great entrance. You know, he's one of the few people in this digital age of the Schmodown who actually does entrances and i i that's one of the things that i miss the most about the live shows about the studio shows is is all the entrances uh, especially with this singles tournament coming up you know got people like william bibiani in there and william bibiani he does some of the best entrances and we're not going to really i mean i, I kind of hope that he from his house does some crazy uh, elaborate entrance from his house I, I i'll be thrilled if that happens so uh, we'll see when, when that time comes but uh yeah, I'm I I love seeing Barbarian do these little entrances. So I'm actually glad that he's also in the singles tournament because we're gonna get pro- I would assume some more of these little things here. So So we get into round one. It's a great round for both these guys. Chance gets that perfect round with his bonus here right away, right off the bat, showing that he belongs in the inner geekdom division. Uh it's it's fantastic. He he's just plowing through people and Man, he is doing it in such a fantastic way. I just it, it's it's ridiculous. Uh 11 to 9. Now, it's not to say that the barbarian did bad in any way. He only missed one question. But missing that one question when your opponent gets perfect and then gets that bonus that puts you down by two. And uh and being down by two is I mean I know that it's it's only the first round. But you never want to be down in any round. You know what I mean? You don't want to be down. So uh, and and I've always said this: every single point counts, and we'll see that later on. Where I'll talk about uh, in one of the matches where every point counts, uh, and certain things could have happened to have swayed uh, the match to a different way, but we'll we'll see uh, when we get there. We're so getting to round two. Chance spins Middle Earth, uh, and he respins to heroes and villains. This usually is one of those categories that uh is tough because it's kind of like it's kind of like a mixed bag you know you, you don't know where it's gonna come from you don't know what they're gonna do it could be any movie in, in Intergeekdom, literally about any per anything and that's the problem with it um he doesn't do great here but he also doesn't like completely bomb out you know he gets six points out of the ten uh three multiple choice he misses once and barbarian does get a, a one point steal here. But it could have been a lot worse, you know what I mean? Like, he could have gotten three points, you know what I mean? Barbarian could have gotten a whole bunch of steals, you know. So, so thankfully, he used those multiple choices uh, to kind of navigate his way through this round and get as many points as he could while limiting the amount of steals that the Barbarian could get. Uh, so then uh, Barbarian spins the MCU uh, and re-spins to scores and soundtracks uh Gucci seemed pretty happy about this uh score or about this spin. Uh I guess it was something that they were they were recently studying. They seemed confident about it. But again, just like Chance in his only six points, so it wasn't really that good of a round. Um, and this is what I have to say about that is unless you are like a Mark Riley or a uh, a Ben Bateman who is like exceptionally good at scores and soundtracks Stay away from that, man. Like, I mean, I understand, like, they, it was a respin, so like, they had no choice. But, the MCU, like, that should be a, like, ever, I feel like everybody in the Gigum should be, like, that should be a strength. I mean, it's the MCU for crying out loud. You know, it, it's one of those, it, it's one of the top geeky movie franchises out right now. Like, you should know this stuff, personally. I mean, I get it. Not everybody's necessarily into watching all, what is it, like 23 movies or whatever. But still, I think that, uh, I don't know if he would have done better in it. But I don't know. You never, you really, you never know. Uh, you know, that's the thing. You can say, well, if he had done this, if he had done that, you never actually know. Maybe he had picked MCU and just gotten bombed on. Him. Two points. He got gets one question. You don't know. Who knows? You never, ever know. But personally, I would have stuck with MCU. Uh, just cause I, I think I would be better at MCU than some of the other categories on there. Uh, and I know for a fact, I would have just completely been destroyed by, uh, scores and soundtracks. I don't think I got a single question right. Um, actually, I think I might have gotten one, and I think I guessed it, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah. So coming out of this, luckily for both of them, they tied in this round, both getting six points, except the barbarian did get a steal. Um, but chance also got a steal. So, I mean, it did, it did, it did even out. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I forgot about chance's steal for a second. Um, so it, it evened out completely. 18 to 16 at the end of the round, still two point gap. Chance is still in the lead. Uh, and we get in round three and they both get their twos. They both get their threes. So it comes down to that five. And that's what you want to see, you know, personally, like I know that sometimes getting like that KO, that TKO, it can be exciting, but for me, I want to see it come down to the wire. That's what I, that's where you get some of the greatest matches of all time, you know, is when it comes down to the wire or like even going in to sudden death, which we will see later on, uh. So like I said, it comes down to the five. Barbarian has to answer his five if he wants to stay in this game. Uh, he gets a very tricky, uh, a five point question and something about a, a fucking mid-quill. I don't even know what a mid-like, it's like a, what movie is a prequel, a mid and a sequel all wrapped into one? I think it was, uh, 300 Rise of an Empire, which I have not seen. So I didn't even know that. What is a midquel? Is it like uh, a movie that takes place during the same time, but like in a different location? I, I'm not 100% sure. That's the only thing I could come up with. Uh, if you guys know what a midquel is, let me know uh, right down there. Drop down onto Twitter uh, or in the, you can hop into the comments right here on YouTube. Or you can send me a uh, voice message over on Anchor. It's uh, anchor.fm. Slash movie blog merc, uh, or like I said, right there, Twitter at movie blog merc. Uh, what, tell me, what is a mid Or, and if you're not sure, take, give me your best guess. <laughs> I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on all that. Uh, so because of that, uh, barbarian not able to get his five and chance takes home the win 23 to 21 gets corruption another three points here. They're just climbing in those ranks and w- and when we when we get through all the matches I will show uh the faction standings <sighs> yeah and uh they they definitely have climbed themselves out of a gutter it's kind of uh kind of impressive i really got to say uh the barbarian you know he may have slipped here but he still got a shot during the singles tournament uh, i'm interested to see how far he'll actually uh be able to uh, to go in that all right so We are going to get into our second match. And that is the other round three match from a couple of weeks ago. And that is Mike Kalinowski versus Alex Damon. That's right. The Star Wars champ versus the former Inner Geekdom champ, formerly Mikey Two Belts. Maybe we'll eventually get that again. But we'll have to wait and see. All right. So... Going into this match, Alex Damon is undefeated in the Inner Geekdom. Uh, I don't remember exactly how many it was. I don't remember if it was four uh, or five or so. I, I don't remember, to be totally honest with you. Um, but I know he he was going into this match, he was undefeated inner geekdom. And so this is one of those matches that it's important for both competitors. Obviously. You know, keeping that on streak, that's a big thing. And proving to the fa for Alex Damon, proving that he belongs in this division, he's not just a Star Wars guy, also a big deal. And I have to say, I I believe he proved that here. He may not have won. We'll get all into the match here in a minute. But he he I think that he definitely proved that he belongs, just like the Barbarian did, even though they lost. I believe I believe that they proved that they belong in this division, uh, wholeheartedly, and uh, I'm interested to see. Uh, like obviously, I, I have no doubt that the Barbarian will be back. I'm interested to see if Alex Damon returns to Intergeekdom. I think he will, but we'll see uh, next year, as uh, you know, when when we start all this craziness over again. All right, uh, so we got Roxy and Shannon. As the managers here, and they have so much on-screen animosity toward each other. I, I really hope it's not real animosity, but their on-screen animosity is off the charts, and they both play it so well. They're they're just both fantastic when it comes to this, and and Shannon, she's becoming quickly one of my absolute favorite managers of all time. Yeah, all time. So we get in round one, and what a round! Just like, just like the previous match, we get Alex only missing one question. Uh, Mike getting that perfect round. So corruption just killing it here. You know, both Chance and Mike getting perfect rounds with the bonus coming out of round one, eleven to nine. Like they, they, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? These guys, these guys are here. And they are they mean business, so we're getting around to Mike spins heroes and villains, uh which I thought was really funny. <laughs> you know, we saw chance land on heroes and villains after uh on his second spin, so he got stuck with it um so m- Mike lands on it here, he's like, nope, respins and lands on the m c u and wow, wow, wow. Holy shit, perfect round here for Mike. 10 out of 10. This is what I'm talking about. Like, y- you should know the MCU. I really feel like that's an important thing to know in this division. And, uh, Mike just proved that that kind of knowledge gets you places here. Uh, so, after this portion of the round, Roxy really plays this, like, bitter card. Uh, and she plays it really well. She's just ragging on Mike. And she does it all the time. And, and it, obviously, you know, they're friends. You know, they, they both work on, uh, DC Movie News. Great, great show. And, uh, it's, it's just hilarious to see. It's the kind of ragging on someone that oh, really only a, a good friend can do, can really get away with. Uh, and she, dude. She can be brutal at times, <laughs> and, and I kind of love it. So then we get Alex spinning the DCEU, and he doesn't look like he wants that. I don't know if it's um if it's the fact that it's the DCEU specifically. Uh, maybe he he's not a fan of those movies because, you know, some people just aren't. Um, or if it's a DC thing in general, which if, if that's the case, if he's not a fan of DC in general... That hurts my soul. Cause I am a big DC fan. I run a DC site, DC Comics News. Uh, a whole big site over there, DCComicsNews.com. Check that out. There's a podcast network, uh, you can check out on, uh, you know, all your major podcast platforms. Um, a lot of good stuff there, but it, it hurts. It hurts, man. It really does. <laughs> but, uh, he does not do good here. So it makes me think yeah, DC definitely not his strength. Uh, he only gets three out of 10 points has to go to multiple choice four times uh out of five questions misses three questions and uh mike's able to get two points in steals obviously uh he mike even mike missed one of those steal opportunities um i don't remember which one it was but uh you know and and coming from mike who's a big dc guy you know that's got to say something you know i I wish i had wrote down which one he missed but uh I did not, so. If you guys remember, feel free to uh, hop onto Twitter, right down there, twitter.com slash movieblogmerk, and let me know. What question was it? Because I'm interested. All right, so uh round two ends 23 to 12, and that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. The game is over right here. We get a knockout, and I'm just like... What just happened? I, what the, what just happened here? Mike just knocked out Alex Damon. And like, I still believe that Alex belongs in this, uh, this division. However, you gotta brush up on DC and DCE. You gotta. Because a knockout, dude. A TKO is one thing, but a straight knockout, oh, dude. Mike got two perfect rounds, though. You know what I mean? It, it, it's that round two, the only, like, he got destroyed in round two. Alex got destroyed in round two. And like I said, Mike got a perfect game here, except for the one steal that he missed. If, I don't know if that counts um, um, when when you're talking about the stats for a perfect game or not. You have to talk to Frankie Numbers about that, uh, Mister uh, Mister Frank Janish, Janish, over on the uh, the Schmo Down Rundown. That's right. Uh, love you, Brad. Frank. Mm, depends on the day. Anywho, yeah, that was a wild match to watch. Uh, just to see Mike just destroy. You know, it, it's kind of. I mean, Mike did what he does. He KO. He's Mike. He's KO. Mike. The killer Kalinowski, he's, he, he's got the nickname of KO for a reason, you know? He, he's KO'd so many people, it's ridiculous. And he just added another to, the, to his list, you know? So, And speaking of Mike Kalinowski and his tag team partner, Chance Ellison, we are on to our next match. The finals of the Inner Geekdom tournament, that is right. It is corruption versus corruption, Corruption, v. corruption, dawn of corruption. That's right, Mike Kalinowski versus Chance Ellison. Brother versus brother, teammate versus teammate, mentor versus mentee. Or as you may say, master versus padawan, different division, but still in there. That's right. This was a match that I was so pumped for. You know, after watching these the the two matches that we just talked about, I was thrilled and ready to watch Mike and Chance just go at it, and I knew that it was going to be like a classy kind of match. You know, these guys, they're teammates, but they're a strong team. You know, Uh, not just in how they like the fact that they can play well, but the 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 bond that they have with one another is strong. So I knew going into this that there wasn't going to be like all this like. They weren't going to be douchebags to each other, you know. They weren't going to be trying to fuck each other over, uh, and all this other shit. And and that's I I was real excited about that, you know. I was really excited to see just a nice clean match from these two, freaking just insanely good players in the inner Geekdom. and that's what we got. We really did. So uh, this uh, was this is the finals, for a number one contenders match. Uh, so the winner of this match goes on to face, uh, Kevin Smets at, or, or I should say Kevin Smets or Chandru cause, uh, they have a match coming up, uh, next week. Uh, so, uh, depending on the outcome of that, but they get a title match. at uh, the spectacular, uh, in December. So like, that's where all these tournaments are leading, you know, this whole season, it's tournament after tournament, uh, with the cul- the, the culmination, all leading to spectacular, it's going to be a huge spectacular, man. Cause you're gonna get this, uh, big Star Wars match against, uh, Damon and Andres Cabrera. And then you're gonna get the, uh, the Intergeekdom one. And then whatever else happens, uh, down the road with the singles and the teams. Um, obviously we have a, a singles tournament going on. Uh, and we've gotten the start of some teams matches. However, I don't know what they're, if they're gonna actually, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Christian has said that they're gonna do a teams tournament. Um but as far as I know there's nothing like an announced, there's no uh like um dates or anything. As far as I know, if I've if I've missed that if, if I've missed that. Um uh, you know things have been crazy the last week uh or so and, and so if I missed that, right down there, Twitter, at uh, movie blog have I missed an announcement about a team tournament? It, it, like a date or anything like that, let me know. Thank you. Alright, so we uh like I said, we're getting into this match once again right here. Mike Kalinowski versus Chance Ellison. That is uh right. I am super, super excited to talk about this one. Um, now, here's the question that I had before watching this match. With the outcome of this match, you have these two very strong competitors, both very competitive competitors, going one, one-on-one one from the same team. They're not just from the same faction, but the same, they, they are legit teammates. Like, they, you know, do teams matches together. So, my my initial thought was, will this, the outcome of this match, will Corruption collapse under the weight of it all? Or will they be able to climb themselves to the top together? You know, like, what's going to happen here? And I think we get a fairly clear answer uh, throughout this match. Uh, and that there's, there's nothing happening to Corruption. They know how to compete against each other they know how to not bring ego and drama into it when they're fighting you know facing off against each other uh at least that's that's how it seems right and so uh and as we see when we talk about the faction standings later oh yeah these uh this team they are definitely climbing their way to the top so one of my favorite things uh, about the Star Wars and the Inner Geekdom tournaments so far that we have seen, uh, is, uh, Mark Ellis' display names. He always centers them around the division. So like in the Star Wars matches, it would be some Star Wars name, whatever case may be. Usually it's something really obscure. Um, and in all the Inner Geekdom ones, it's all Inner Geekdom based. Like I remember him doing like, in one of the matches, I, th- I believe it was this match actually. Um, I think it was, he did Richard Grayson. So, uh, which is, uh, uh Robin slash Nightwing from the DC universe. Um, I, I, which I, I thought was awesome because I'm a big DC head. And so that's something that I love. And I was like, I really hope that he continues this into the, like the singles and teams matches. And he does. When you watch the throwdown, he, I think he, I think his name, I think he did, um, Tad Hamilton. Uh, so if you've ever seen that movie, uh, I think it's Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Uh, that that's what that's from. And so I, I was like, yes, he he's continuing it into the other uh, divisions. So I thought that was great. I was really happy to see that. So uh, round one was was surprisingly tough for both of them. I was shocked. You know, both these guys had perfect round ones in their previous two match in their previous matches. Um, you know, against Barbarian and against, uh, Alex Damon. And so they both had some missteps here. Round one, eight to seven in favor of chance. I didn't expect chance to, uh, take the, take the lead in this, to be honest with you, at least in, in round one. Um, I didn't expect that. So I was like, wow, okay. But they, like I said, they had some missteps here and, um, that can be okay here. Even though, you know, obviously, missteps for Mike cause some problems. But you don't want missteps like this when you're going up against, like, Chandru or Smets. Those guys are, like, elite players, you know. And Mike is an elite player. We saw that. That last match, he knocked out Alex Damon had a perfect game. Okay. So, obviously. But mistakes like this, you don't want that. And I'll be honest... Round two was a was the same. You know, chance is up first because cause he's in the lead and he spins Star Trek, uh spins away and lands on DC. Now, he gets all his questions right and he does well. It's not like he tanks it's not like Alex Damon, you know, where he, you know, getting three points. You know, he got eight points here, he went multiple choice twice and didn't miss a question. So that hey, you know what? That's cool. Um he was a little shaky at first, his first two he went to multiple choice on his first two. So he was a little shaky at first, but then you know he knocks it out of the park with the with the other three. And then uh Mike goes up, he gets uh Middle Earth and then respins and the land on MCU. MCU is what he got against Alex Damon. And crushed it. 10 out of 10. But here, not able to do that. Uh he got 7 out of 10 Went to multiple choice uh once and missed a two-pointer. Now here's a big one. I don't remember what the question was, but he missed a two-pointer and Chance got a steal. Two big, two-point steal. That's a huge swing in a game like this. You know? And only getting seven points in the first play, you know what I mean? Like, it's rough. Because, like I said, Mike got 10 out of 10 on the MCU in the previous match. He gets MCU again gets seven points and gives up a two point steal. That's that's huge. And I don't I don't know what was ha- what was happening. I mean, obviously, you know, just because you know a category really well doesn't mean you're gonna know every question. Because especially with something like the MCU, you know, they gotta they gotta keep digging. With the inner geekdom, you know, you gotta dig deeper and deeper for more and more questions. And unfortunately for Mike, they dug a little deep and he wasn't able to get a certain question that uh that he hoped probably that he he would have so coming out of round two mike is down by four points it's 18 to 14 in favor of chance that's rough you know that's, that's not where you want to be luckily for for mike it, it is a five round match so he does have a chance to to kind of pick himself back up so and he does gain some ground in this next round which is uh round three the betting round so they spin the category. Uh, it's opponent's choice. And so since it was um, essentially, like if, if they were in the studio, it would have been Chance up there spinning because he was in lead. Uh, so Mike was able to choose the category, and he picks Star Trek. And the question essentially, I, I didn't write down the whole question, but essentially the question was, what's the name of Spock's living spirit? Um, Mike gets it right. Actually, I mean, they both get it right, but Mike bets three points. So he gets the full Monty, man, all three points. Chance, uh, says that he was a little cautious. He wasn't, you know what I mean? Cause I believe, uh, let me double check. He, yeah. So Chance spun Star Trek for, you know, in round two and spun away. So obviously he must not be, he's, he, he must not be a hundred percent, uh, confident the way Mike is in Star Trek. And so, uh, being cautious, he only bet one point, but he did get it right. So luckily he didn't lose any points. However, and luckily he was ahead, like I said, by four points. Um, and so this allowed Mike to gain uh, a two point two points of, of ground, uh, getting within two of Chance, 19 to 17, coming out around three. So that's actually not bad, you know what I mean? And then you're getting into this new speed round, anything can happen. So we get into this new speed round. Chance, unable to answer two of his questions, so he only answers eight questions total. Um, but he did get a little extra time, I noticed. Uh, the clock ran out, and then there was at least like another five seconds that Christian and like Christian asked him, uh, one of the questions again during that five second period that he was, un- he was un- still unable to answer. Um, and I think this is because during one of those final, like it, it was, uh, it was a repeat question, like he was re- going back through, uh, and Christian kind of fumbled with it and essentially ate some of the time away. So I think that's, that's the thing. You know, it's like he, he realized, oh, well shit, you know, I, 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 I fucked up with this question and, and I ate up some of the time for chance. So I don't want to fuck him over. So I'll give him like, essentially I'll ask him one more question, see what happens. Okay. Uh, Mike able to, able to answer all of them, not necessarily answer all of them correctly, but he answered all of the questions, uh, in the allotted 60 seconds. So uh, as they break everything down, Chance got a total of four points. You know, you can get a, up to ten points in this round. Fortunately, Chance only got four here. Uh, he got six, so he, like I said, he answered eight questions. Six of them he got correct. So he got six points there. And then he missed two questions. So it takes two points off, so there's your four. Um, I know some people ha- are having issues with some of this math when it comes to it. Um, cause like it's 10, but you only missed two. Uh, and how do you only have four? I saw some of that. I was like, well, it's because he answered eight. He got six correct. So that's six points. But then he missed the other two, which deducts two points, giving you four. Simple. Um, Mike, on the other hand, got a total of eight points. He got nine correct. Like I said, he answered all 10. Nine of them he got. So that's nine points. And he missed the other one, taking one off. Giving him eight total points, Mike crushed this round, destroyed it, and I think Mike would would just do exceptional in in Ironman matches. Like I think he's got that kind of brain for. It. I really do. Um. So for the first time, Mike takes the lead here, twenty five to twenty three at the end of round, going into round five. And this is Mike's like, yeah, this is where you want to be. You know, he's been trailing. He was four points behind uh, coming out of round two. And now coming out of round three, he's two points ahead. That's big, man. You don't get that often. Like, that's not a thing that happens. And it's all because of this new round two, you know. It, it, I think it's an intro. I love it. I don't think, I mean, obviously it wouldn't work in studio or a live show because, like, how would you, unless you have, like, a soundproof booth that you the person the other pe- person has to walk into and shut the door and they can't hear anything, so they do their questions and then they swap, which would kind of be awesome to uh, to, to see, but I feel like that's the only way you could keep this ten question thing um, outside of digital matches. Uh, so I, I I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, I assume they'll just go back to normal. I know that Christian has said that they want to continue to do digital matches and you know here and I don't know how often. Um, but and whether or not they do number one contender matches and or title matches as digital in the future, when they're able to be in studio and whatnot, I, is it still up in the air. We'll see. Uh, I, I've, I, I have no idea what's in Christian's head about that, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. So then we get into round number five, and Chance nails all three of his questions, forcing Mike to answer his five. Like I said, Mike gets his two, he gets his three, and like I said, it's just down to the five. Mike winds up getting Middle Earth, which he's not strong in, and he we you know we know that. It's the category that he passed on in round 2, you know, so you can tell. Just like when Chance passed on Star Trek and was really cautious about it in round 3 for because he's not strong in it. There's a reason why Mike just kind of skipped away from from Middle Earth. And unfortunately for him, Middle Earth takes Mike down here. Unable to answer this five, and Chance Ellison beats the former Inner Geekdom champion Mike Kalinowski 33 to 30. This gives uh, um, this gives Corruption another three points in the standings. I mean, no matter what, they were going to get either three or four. I didn't never thought that there was going to be a, a TKO or a knockout. So I always was assuming it was just going to be three. But no matter who won, it was going to be that uh but so they got their thing but yeah chance man he just won this whole thing nobody thought he was going to most people i can't say nobody but most people i feel like were kind of betting against him when when he had to face off against Paul Yama in, in round 1 so right off the bat people are are, are you know saying he ain't going to win I, I mean i'll be honest i did it you know i i ha- i had uh paul yama picked you know f- it is what it is. But then he beat him. And then, like I said, when it came to Parker, I thought Parker was going to win. But I wanted Chance to win. And Chance took it. And I was like, shit, this kid is on a roll. And I was like, yeah, he's going to take down the Barbarian. I love the Barbarian. He's going to take him down. And damn if he didn't. Now, I will admit, I had Mike for this match. Because it's, it's fucking Mike Kalinowski, man. It's 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 the fucking corruption king. But... The corruption kid took him down, man. Oh, damn. I am this is something else, man. I was so shocked. It was a hell of a match. And I think that this will be um a nomination at least for upset of the year. I I, I do think so. Just because it's one of those things. I think that chance is gonna have two nominations for upset. I really believe that. Um unless we get unless we get a slew of upsets that kind of outranked this one. I I, I, I have a feeling, because, like, we've got... I mean, Andres could have two. Andres could have uh, Laura Kelly and uh, Andrew DiMolanta, really. Um, and then we've got these, the, 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 the Robert Parker, and this one for Chance. I really think that, uh, man, Chance is going places here. He really is. And now he's got a title shot. This dude has a Fucking title shot. And they have a team's title shot, I believe, coming up soon. Um, and so he could be fucking Cobra two belts. You know what I mean? I think it sounds better than Chance two belts. Cobra two belts. Uh, or you can even just Ellison two belts. I don't know. Whatever. You guys come up with some, some better names. Uh, but I, man, I'm impressed. Chance Ellison, I doubt you're watching this, but if you are, congratulations, man. Like, dude, you fucking earned this. Uh, I am I am proud of you. Uh I'm sure a lot of people out there are proud of you uh and as a as a corruption crew member over here, dude, you fucking rocked it and I'm yeah, rock on, dude. And you you gained a lot of respect from me because last year, dude, I was not a fan. Even kind of like into this year, was not a Chance Ellis fan. I'm totally honest with you but as you were, you know, working your way up this up this tournament, it's like, man, he's got something special. And uh I I'm I'm definitely a Chance Ellison fan now. So, uh you 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 gained a new fan, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do uh in December, and uh I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in the uh, singles tournament as well. Uh so it was, it was like I guess it was a great run for him. Um Christian then said uh, after the match, if if it comes down to Chance versus Smets, so if Smets beats Chandru uh, in their match next week, and spectacular winds up being Chance versus Smets, and Chance wins, that he's going to give Mike a number one contender's match against Smets so that he can face off against him once again. And I think that's really cool, you know. Uh, and, and think about it. If, if Mike then beats, if that ha- if all that happens, cause it's a lot of things that have to take place here. You know, Smets has to beat Chandrew, then Chance has to beat Smets. You know, and then to get that. And then Mike has to beat Smets. And then we get Corruption v Corruption, Dawn of Corruption, Part Two. Mike and Chance yet again, but this time for a title. Whew, I think that would be fire, man. I'm excited. I kinda hope that happens. I love Kevin Smets. And I'll be honest, I don't want him to, to lose the title. But if it happens, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I, I'd be pretty damn excited. Alright. So, now, it is time for the Schmodown Throwdown. That's right. We got two matches in the Schmodown Throwdown. It was, uh, Final Exam versus Deep 13. And John Roca versus Ethan Irwin, dude. This this card is fantastic. I was so impressed to see them start putting together uh, the live throwdowns again. Oh, I, I just I, I was so happy that they were that they decided to do these. And to be honest, I think this was just a great. Way to start it. You know what I mean? You've got an interesting, uh, tag match. And, and to be honest, I love that they're, that they started the throwdowns with tag matches. You know, they got their, they finished off the tourneys and now we're getting tag matches as the undercards because we, they weren't even sure if they were going to be able to do tag matches not that long ago. Uh, and he figured out a way and I think it was great. I thought they did a great job. So, uh, so we're going to get into the first of these two matches and that was, Final Exam versus Deep 13. So, Final Exam, Paul Oyama and Lon Harris versus uh, Deep 13, uh, Whitney uh, Whitney Seibold and uh, Alonzo Duralde. So, like I said, this is the first digital teams match to take place. I think they did a fantastic job with it. Uh, a few kinks to work out, I'd say, mainly in kind of... Teaching the competitors how to act, I guess. I don't. I don't know how to. How to. I mean, when we get into it, uh, I'll, I'll. I'll. talk more about it. I just don't know what word I should be using there, but kind of teaching them how to perform, I guess, during uh, these matches. Um. So, I will say I love that both Lon and Paul kind of have changed their characters. Um. Since you know, f- from last year, we got. Uh, Paul not doing the, the, essentially he, Paul was doing the corruption type thing, you know, the, the big old heel thing with the leather jacket and the glasses and being a smug D bag. And he's not doing that anymore. And I love it. And I hated Paul Yama last year. Hated him. And now I don't, you know what I mean? So it, it, it takes, sometimes it just takes a change. To really get you on uh, on somebody else's side, and it's not that I hate heels or anything, because I fucking love Mike Kalinowski. He's one of my favorites. I love a good heel, but it was something about it, it. I don't think it didn't feel like an act. You know what I mean? It felt more like him just he was a douchebag. And there was stuff that happened backstage uh, that that kind of fueled that, kind of proved that for me. Um, and uh, and and, but he he kind of repented for that. I guess you could say he he apologized to a lot of the people. Uh, about all that. And then he changed himself. And I love that about it. And then we got Lon, who went from the professor to the delinquent. And I'll be honest, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the professor gimmick. It was okay. But I feel like it got a little, I don't know, maybe a little stale. Uh A little boring to me. I just, I just didn't care for it. But this delinquent character, dude, it's hilarious and I fucking love it. And I think it allows Lon to be able to be good in categories that you wouldn't think that the stodgy stuck up professor gimmick would be. You know, like as we see later on. Adam Sandler movies. You know, that's not something that you would think that that's not something that the professor Lon Harris would be like a uh, a uh like an expert in. You know what I mean? That's some that those are movies that he would he would look down on. But the delinquent Lon Harris, he's all about some Adam Sandler movies. So, we get Ken in here as a manager for the Droogs. Uh, of, of course, he is the new manager, and I have to say, he is a far superior manager uh, from Robert Mar Um He's fantastic on the mic. He's, and that's something that's vital for for a manager. He knows how to treat and how to kind of work with his his team, how to how to talk to him and encourage and. and You know, that was one of the things about, about Burnett is he didn't, he wasn't vocal enough when it came to stuff like that. When it came to like that, the 60 seconds that you get to talk to your, to your, like the, the conferring with your, with your competitor. He wasn't good at that. And a manager needs to. It's not, you're you're not just a showpiece. You're not just there to, to ruffle the feathers of the other team. No, you gotta actually be able to coach your, your teammates. You know, your team. And Ken can do that. And that's what I love about it. And like I said, he's great on the fucking mic too. He knows, he he knows, he knows what he's doing here. Um, and then we have, uh, his team. So we have Whitney and we have Alonzo. Alonzo has shown in the past and I'll be honest, he continues to show here that he doesn't do any sort of what I was, what I'm calling competitor recon. He doesn't know anything about the people he's facing and we've seen that before. He doesn't go back and look at matches to find out strengths and weaknesses. Nothing. He just plays. And I I feel like two seasons ago, that's fine. But nowadays, that's that doesn't work. You know, you you got to you got to know the the strengths and weaknesses. That's a big thing. Cuz you could screw yourself. And I'm pretty sure they've done the if I'm not mistaken, they did that before where they gave somebody their their strength not knowing I believe it was, I believe it was him. Uh, fact check me on that. Feel free. I, I'm, I'm more than open to that. Um, but it, he doesn't, he also doesn't seem concerned about it. He doesn't seem concerned about making sure that he knows exactly how to play the game. You know, he just kind of wings it. He just answers his questions, whether he plays the game properly or not. And we see a, a very different gameplay between D13 and final exam. Which I'll talk about, uh, shortly, especially once we get into round two. I'll definitely be talking about that. So we get into round one, starts off rough with only Paul getting question one, which I was like, wow, only Paul getting that first question, man. Uh, and even, uh, Alonso, I believe misses the first two, so he had a rough start here. Um, but all in all, it's not a terrible, terrible round, you know, uh, both, Paul and uh, uh, Lon get seven points. Um, Paul misses, like, the last question, preventing him from a perfect round, which is disappointing. I was really hoping to see him get that perfect round. But, you know, they they don't lose the lead here um, because, I think, like I said, Alonzo missed two and uh, Whitney missed one. So, like, seven, 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 and six. That's not terrible, you know. So, 14 to 13 coming out of run, uh, round one in favor of final exam. Like I said, solid rounds. Solid rounds from, from both teams. Uh, and this is the first teams match we've seen in months, you know. So uh, it's been a long time. So uh, it, it was nice to finally get to see some team stuff going on. And so begin to round number two, get the wheel. And this is an interesting array of categories. You know, all kinds of, of stuff. Some, some new categories and things. And I don't know if it's just because we've spent the last... What, fucking three months or whatever, four months maybe, um, just watching inner geekdom and Star Wars matches. Uh, and so we haven't been seeing categories like seventies or Pixar, you know what I mean? And so seeing those categories, I was like, wow, man, I miss this stuff. You know, getting some just kind of normal movies on the board is, uh, is nice for a change. So Final Exam defers, because you know, they're in the lead. They choose to defer Deep 13 Spins Festival Darlings. For a lot of teams, this is a no-go. But Whitney and Alonzo, that's their bread and butter, man. And uh, so they keep it, and they prove this is their bread and butter. They get all six questions right, and they only have to go to multiple choice once. So 11 out of 12 points. This is a fantastic round for them. Um, however, not a not a great round for Christian. Christian kept getting kind of discombobulated trying to uh, keep track of the question count. At, at one point, he was just like all flustered about it. Uh, I feel like he just does too much at times, and I know he said he was like, "I miss um, uh, who was it? oh PJ." He said, "I miss PJ." I don't know uh, where he was during this match, but uh, I guess I guess he wasn't there to keep track of all that stuff for him. But like I said, fantastic round. For, uh, deep 13, 11 out of 12 points. It's, I mean, you get in six questions and you're able to answer them all. That that shows that you know what you're doing. Like I said, the problem is I feel like sometimes Alondo and even Whitney at times don't really know how to play the game properly. And we see that in round three, which I'll get to, uh, momentarily. So Final Exam is up next, and they get Spinner's Choice. They land right on it, and they pick, like I said earlier, Adam Sandler. I was not expecting this. Uh, I guess it came down to a couple uh, of options, and Adam Sandler is the one that they decided they wanted to go with, which I thought was interesting. I think is a brand-new category, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't think it's been used before. Uh, as far as I can remember, if it has, let me know, guys. Uh, feel free to, uh, as I say all the time, drop down on Twitter, at movie blog Merc and uh, let me know uh, if if I don't like. I said I don't think I, I remember seeing Adam Sandler pop up before, but it's it's possible. It's, it's very possible. Um, and so we get into this when Christian almost lets Deep Thirteen stay in the room. This was a big a big thing. Originally, like for for the Deep Thirteen questions, um, Final Exam had to completely leave the the Streamyard room um, so that they could not. Uh, hear them deferring with one, or conferring with one another. Um, because if if they heard them talking, and then they, you know, it was between, you know, a couple of things, and they missed, and then they they would have an upper hand. You know, it's simple as that. And so he almost let them stay, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what what the fuck are you, no, they there's no reason that they should be allowed to sit in here, because they'd hear everything. And Winston... Fucking luckily, thank you, Winston, jumped in and was like, No, 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 this is not happening. Get them out of here because they'll they'll hear everything. And Christian you know, rightfully was like, Okay, yes, they, they do need to he, he said, working out the kinks. And that's true, you know, this is their the the first digital teams match. It makes sense. Uh so you know, once all that was was squared away, they they get into the match and dude, fucking final exam just destroys Adam Sandler. All six questions, all 12 points, they just, that's how you do it, man. Like, I thought, I thought Deep 13 did great. Dude, Adam Sandler, 12 points, they knocked it out of the park. This right here, and, and they, they, Final Exam gave a perfect example of how a team needs to play digitally going forward. Um, not just answering all the questions right. Of course you want to do that, but it's more about, uh, the, how they conferred with one another, uh, you're like, okay, I, I think it's this one. What do you, you know what I mean? And I'm sure that's what you get in in studio, that, you know, talking back and forth. But then it's about how I'm assuming they picked Paul to be the one to actually give the answers because he did it every time, and so he he'd give his answer, final answer. You know what I mean? And he he would be clear and concise about it, which we did not get from Deep Thirteen, and I I loved it. It was perfectly done. You know, and so I hope that um the other teams are spoken to and said, "Listen, what you gotta watch the way they play, and this is what has to be done from now on like it, it, that I feel like that has to be the way it's done. It will avoid controversy and confusion, I believe, and I, uh, and I I just think that that's that's how it it's gotta be. It really does. So then we get into the final round round three. Ken over here, fucking throwing shade at my Buffalo Bills, dude. What the fuck? Just fucking with you, Ken. Love ya. But still. Buffalo Bills. Uh so Whitney's up first and he gets the the category uh they choose him to go first for the category of two thousands. And what the fuck, dude? Why didn't you use your JTE? Like after the match he says he misheard the question, okay? And he thought it was uh uh fuck, who who did he think it was? Fuck, I don't remember who he thought it was, but he, he, he misheard the question. And I'm just like, well, if you, if you fucking misheard, if you didn't, if you don't think you heard the question right, ask for a repeat, dude. You, you know, you would have heard it again and then maybe you'd have gotten it. And if he had gotten this question correct, it would have been a completely different outcome here. So that is why listening and remembering to use your JTEs. Is extremely important because no matter what every, no matter what you may think, every single point matters in these matches because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't. Uh, so Alonso is then up, uh, with Angelina Jolie and he, uh, hits the three for that. Then it moves over to final exam. Lon goes first with directors, uh, hits his two, forcing deep 13 to have to answer their five point Question, uh, which uh, Alonzo is able to do, uh, which then bounces it back. Alonzo had uh, they had Deep Thirteen had spy films for that final question, Uh, and then so it bounces back to uh, final exam for their five. Mainly, I say for their five because the three just didn't matter. Um, It it was they needed four points, I believe, to to uh, to win, and so. The three just didn't matter because getting the three wouldn't get them the win. Just didn't matter, and luckily it didn't matter because Paul goes up uh, with nineties questions and misses. So luckily they just didn't need that one. And then for the five point question, we get rom coms, and after some great conferring, they they like great conferring because they're saying it. It's like Todd, no, 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 hold on, Tom. Whatever the last name was, and they're like, and that's what I love about it, cause they're like, okay, they, they confer, they confer, they confer, and then, Tom, blah blah blah, final answer. Like they, they are very, like I said, clear and concise about the way they're answering their questions, and it's, it works out perfectly, like, like a situation like this, right here. You know, theoretically, that could have fucked them, if they're just, you know, they're like, Todd, somebody, but, and if Christian's like, nope, that's wrong, you know, if they jump in the gun or whatever, but knowing that that's how they're answering and that's how they're probably supposed, I don't know if he had said that's how they should be answering, but that is how they, I feel like they should be answering. Um, That really, I think, is what helps help them. They were able to confer, decide, okay, wait, what is our final answer? It's this, boom, there it is. And they win the fucking match, 33 to 32. Like I said, if Whitney had gotten, if he had gotten the JT, taken his JTE, Listen closely to that question. And if he was able to get it, this wouldn't have happened because they would have won the fucking match. Deep 13 would have been moving on to the next, to the next fucking match. They would have been moving on to face the pride next week, but they didn't, you know, and this is where, like I said, they don't, both of them do this. They like, they don't play the game properly. And you gotta remember. To use your JTEs, you just, you have to. And it could have, it could have, like, not doing that may have cost them the match. I don't know. But, no matter what, it was a fucking hell of a match, dude. It, and this was just the undercard. You know, it was fantastic. It proved, and like I said, it proves that every single point matters. So, yeah, it's, it's just, whew, man. And and we still had a whole nother match to go after this. Whoo, this was killer. So, we finally get into our main event. And that is John Rocha versus Ethan Irwin in a number one contenders match for the singles title. Yeah. Man, this is a huge match. Huge match. Can Roca finally take down Ethan? I was hoping. I was really hoping that he was going to do this. Oh, and he came so close. And I've got some issues that we'll talk about at the end of this match. Uh, as I'm sure some other people might. I don't know. I'm sure if Christian happens to listen to it, he's going to essentially, in his own way, tell me to fuck off. Whatever, dude. We'll get to all that. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time he pretty much told me to fuck off. <laughs> Not in those exact words, of course. Um, but uh shit happens. So, like I said, John Roka versus Ethan Irwin. Huge match. And, uh, Roka gets on screen and he's in this, uh, this full face, I think it's called a gator mat, like those full, like, scarf mask things, whatever fucking called. I have no idea. I don't wear those ones. Um, but his, his face mask, and it's the, the V. So it's like how he normally wears that V mask. He's got a face mask thing, a a pull-up face mask, uh, of V. And I thought it was hilarious. He was, it looked like he was trying to, I don't know if he was gonna try and wear it the whole match. But he was having issues, uh, like he was going to have his hat on, he was trying to put his, he was really just fumbling with everything, and then eventually he just pulled the mask down. I think he took it off and put it on his microphone, took his hat off and everything, I think he just gave up, because uh, it seemed like it was too much, and I think that it would have caused too much um, too, like too much effort, and he would have been focused too much on dealing with all of that, and probably would have messed up his game. Um, And like I said, I don't think he had a messed up game here at all. Like, uh, I think he did exceptionally well, and we will get into this. So, round one, Roku takes an early lead, but then falls back, uh, to a tie by the end. Uh, seven to seven, round one. That's good, man. They each only missed one question. And so it's like, looking at this, seven to seven, we've spent, like I said, the last like three or four months with, um, Star Wars and Interjective matches, which I believe are both, if I'm not mistaken, 10 questions in round one. And so like, when you look at a number like seven to seven, you're like, oh man, that, that doesn't look very good. But then you're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's out of eight. <laughs> so, and it was the same with the team's match, was where it was, you know, uh, uh, 14 to 13. It's like, well, okay, seven points each or seven and six. And I'm like, well, it's, it's out of fucking eight. So they, they did well here. <laughs> you know, only missing one question. That's That's damn good. Um, and so we get into round two, and on the wheel, okay, real quick, um, on the wheel, I noticed a category, a category I've never seen before, uh, obviously a new category, called courtroom slash legal thrillers. However, the word legal was spelled wrong, it was spelled L-E-A-G-A-L, like, like the beginning part of, like, league, like Justice League, but legal, um... Yeah, I hope they fix that. Uh, I don't know if I I'm, I... I'm sure somebody else pointed this out. I'm sure that there's no way I'm the only fucking person who's like, oh, that's not how you spell a leaf. pointed this out, but uh, I had to, I had to talk about it, uh, just because of something that I happened to see. And, uh, yeah, so there, there's that. So Roka defers and Ethan spins spinner's choice. And he picks uh, a category that he apparently put on the wheel, and that is Catherine Bigelow. Um, and dude, he fucking rocks this thing, man. Gets eight out of eight points right off the bat. Though we do get a challenge. Uh, Ethan says the, the question um, asks uh, like what decade is um, I think it's, I think it was the movie Detroit. Uh, what what decade was it set in? And he just all he says is the sixties. And Mark says, uh, "I assume you mean the 1960s." And Roke like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, the, it could—he could have been—he could have meant the 1860s. He could have meant the 1760s. You know, he even said he's like there were there were um riots in the 1860s." And now, I do believe he he knew that it was the 1960s, but that's not the point. The point is the that. He didn't say the 1960s. It could be any decade. And, uh, uh, or I should say it could be any century. But the bigger part is that Mark led him to the answer and, and, you know what I mean? And then gave it to him that way, uh, because of it. Now, it was, the, the challenge was upheld. However, Roka was not happy about the actual outcome of this. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't blame him. Um, Instead of Ethan just getting it wrong, because he didn't answer it fully, it'd be like saying, who played Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible movies, and all you say is Cruz. That ain't his fucking name. His name is Tom Cruise. You know, you're leaving off a chunk of descriptive stuff, you know, a part that that you really should have there. Um... But they don't. What they do instead is they toss the question and they give him a new one, uh, which he then gets. Uh, and, and like I said, after some controversy at the top there, he gets that seller around. He gets a perfect eight out of eight. And luckily this doesn't throw, I, I was really worried that this was going to throw Roka off his game because it happens sometimes. You know, people get, get, people get thrown off. It is, it is what it is, but it didn't happen, thankfully. Uh, so Roka spins horror. And I knew he wasn't gonna keep this. He's not a big, he's not big into horror, and so he respins and lands on '90s, and he was like, "Oh man, like he didn't, he didn't want the '90s. '90s is so broad, and there's so many shitty '90s movies out there. Some that I fucking love, but are just trash. Um, (laughs) and so I get it. I get why you may not uh, necessarily want this." But he fucking killed it, also getting a perfect 8 out of 8 here. So, you know, that didn't matter. Staying tied here, uh, 15 to 15. This is a fucking nail-biter, man. A nail-biter of a match. So we get into round number 3. Now, Sam brings up that even the wheel says 90s. Uh, and, and, and I just want to talk a little bit about the difference here. Now, there, I don't, I mean, there probably are. I don't remember, I don't, I'll be honest. I'm not like a film history major. I don't know when the first film was made. So there very well might be a film from the 1890s. However, there are no films from the 1890s that are asked about in the Schmodown. It's just, it's like, that's not what happens. So, the fact that it says the 90s, that's fine now if it said the 20s which or even the 10s let's say it said the 10s that could literally be the 1910s or the the, the, the 2010s you know what i mean and so the fact that it could be two different that's why it's the like 2010s is a category not just 10s so and like when in, in 10 years if this is still a thing uh, if if, if, if I, I really hope so, man, I think it'd be fucking awesome. If the SmoDown is still a thing in, in a decade, and we get to twenty thirty, twenty twenties would be a category then. I mean, I guess theoretically they could do twenty twenties even in five years. You know what I mean? Because there'd be at least five years there. But you wouldn't just say twenties because it could be the nineteen twenties or the twenty twenties. Um, but with saying the sixties, it could have been like there are movies made about subjects in the 1860s, and movies about subjects made, about like, fr- like subjects from the 1960s, so it could be either, so it needs to be more clear when you are answering questions like that, and that is the difference, Sam Levine. So, fucking, John Rocco over here, fucking milking his answer, playing for the time, I'm just like, dude, don't fucking, don't be... Ben Bateman and Andrew guy they're Ben Bateman's rubbing off on you a bit too much, and you're over here fucking milking it like a heel like stop doing it like I get it you're the outlaw, man, I love you, but don't do it <laughs> uh so Ethan misses his five point question here uh which was uh. I also guessed that it was, uh, um, Meet the Robinsons. And it's funny because I just recently, like maybe like three weeks ago, watched Meet the Robinsons, but I'm like, that sounds like something that could have been in Meet the Robinsons. It obviously was not. We both got that wrong. Um, but, uh, then it came down to, uh, Roka's five point question and he was, he failed to get his answer out in time. Or he failed to get his, he failed to ask for his repeat in time. And I'm like, Roku, what the fuck are you doing? That's a rookie move. That's like a fucking Matt Achety, Alonzo, Whitney kind of move. No offense to all of that, but I've seen them all do that. Where they're just kind of like, the countdown is happening and say, you know, five, four, three, two, one. And then they try to answer when it'd be like negative one at that fucking point. And Christian's like, no, you can't, the the clock is over. I don't understand what happened there. Um, I don't know if, if like Roka's, uh, feed glitched and was off by like a second or two for some, you know what I mean? Which happens. It's the internet. You got spotty wifi at all. You know, that can happen. Um, but I was like, what are you fucking doing, man? And he says like, he's like, I wouldn't have gotten it anyways, but still, you try, you use it, but I don't, I don't know. Um, and so it round three, end of the match, 2020, it's tied and it goes into sudden death. Um, and I, okay. So I was, I, I'm a little confused about this whole thing. Cause I thought that number one contenders matches were supposed to be five rounders. Uh, I don't know if he explained this in anywhere, but like. The number one contenders match for, uh, the Inner Geekdom and for the Star Wars were five round matches. So what was, why wasn't this one a five rounder? I, I, like I said, if I missed, uh, some sort of announcement as to why this wasn't a five rounder, is that only a thing for Inner Geekdom in Star Wars? Um, Twitter, Ant movie blog Merc, let me know uh what 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 did i miss or in, jump into the the youtube comments if you're watching this on youtube um or anchor.fm/ uh movie blog and leave me a voice message please i i don't know what uh i don't know why i'm and i'm confused because the next match is a title match it will be the winner of this versus dan for the title and it's like so this is a number one contender's match um so i don't know what happened i, I I have no clue. But we get into sudden death here. Um, and we get to, we get to three, we get three questions in. They both get the first two questions correct. And then we get to question number three in sudden death. And, uh, Roca was unable to get it written down in time. The answer was Sidney Pollack. He was unable to get it written down in time, though he did have the last name and like half of the first name. The problem here that I have is, cause he was not, he, he was not, he, he was, it was, Declared, uh, not, not correct and, and Ethan got it. And so Ethan wins the match. Uh, 23 to 22. Roka loses here. Um, the problem that I have is that he answered first. So he knew the answer, obviously. And Christian has said before, i I know he's said this before, recently even, that the whiteboards are more uh, meant as a backup. They're meant to make sure. You know what I mean? Like, um, with that Tidarium question in the Star Wars with Andrew D. Melanta. It's stuff like that. And so, the problem that I have here is that you can have a fucking shitty misspelled name. But if you don't get all of the letters in this name written down, like... So you can have the wrong letters, but if you're missing a couple of letters... No. But wrong letters is fine. So like there's a lot of inconsistencies here. Um, and that's a problem that I have. And I know uh my fellow Merck here on the Merck of the Movie Blog uh Network, Jay Wade, who hosts the SN Afterlife uh show, he, he he has voiced his concerns about this quite a few times, I know he has, about how Christian wants this to be a sport. You know, that, that's what he's that's what he's aiming for. He wants it to be like a legitimate sport. But if you don't have clear and concise rules, then if there are all of these inconsistencies in the rules, then that takes away from that. And so if all you want it to be is is entertainment, that's fine. But don't act like you're trying to make it a sport. If you're really not going to do that. Um, and that also goes with this rule book that he's talked about. like Because later on, during the Q&A, he mentions that, um, you know, you have to get it written down. That's in the rules. It's in the rule book. And John knows that. Okay, so if it's a rule, what is the rule on spelling then? And if there isn't one, why the hell not? If you are willing to let spelling errors slide like that, but you're not willing to be like, he obviously fucking knew the answer. He was the first to answer. It's not like um, Ethan answered first, said Sidney Pollack, had it on his board, and then it went over to Roka and he said Sydney Pollack, but he didn't have it all written on his board. That's a completely different scenario because you don't know if he actually knew the answer or not. You don't know; he could have just been copying what Ethan said, but he obviously knew the answer, and that's what—that's why it's, it's such bullshit. And I'll be honest; I probably would have uh, challenged it. Um, I—I I just, yeah, it bothered me quite, quite a bit. But it is what it is. Um, unfortunately. And so, congrats still to Ethan. I don't want to take anything away from Ethan. He, he played a fucking phenomenal match. 33 points. It was, it was fantastic. And, and, and I applaud you for that. Um, so then we see Dan Merle. He pops in to the, to the studio, uh, after the match and he said, uh, that there's apparently was a, a controversial question. I don't know if he's talking about that last one. I don't know. Um, I'd probably not, but maybe, um, I didn't notice anything else. If you guys know what he's talking about, if you saw something else, uh, some other question that you think is controversial, again, movie blog Merc on Twitter, let me know. Uh, I I don't I don't know what it, what it would have been. Um, I didn't go back and like rewatch the match to see if I could find it or anything like that. Uh, I was running low on time, but I'm interested to see what it winds up being. Um, he did also say that he uh, that. Uh, He did not, or that he did agree with the challenge that took place in uh, in round two, and he said that that was not the controversy that he's talking about. Um, This challenge was not that. That there's apparently something else, and like I said, I don't know if it's that last question or not, but we'll see. Um, this win pulls the usual suspects out of last place, which we'll get to in a few minutes uh, when I talk about the faction standings. And, uh, dude. That's awesome. They've been sitting in last place for quite some time because they got knocked out of the tournaments real quick. So, uh, it's nice to see them kind of moving, inching their way back up. John is, is very upset here. Um, and he said the same thing about that last question that I said. You know, that he knew it. He, he was the first one, so he's obviously not cheating. And so, it, it, that it's, it's just bullshit. And I, 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 I'm sure Christian will have some, if he listens to this, I'm sure he'll have some snarky ass thing to say, whatever. It's your league, man. That's fine. You want to run it however you want. And don't come back and say, well, man, you know, maybe you should start in your own league. That's, dude, don't act that way. Cause you've done that to me and to other people lots of times. Just cause someone critiques you, you know, what you do. I mean, if you don't like being critiqued, don't have a show. Like, don't, don't run the show anymore. If all you want is for people to kiss your ass about it, then you're in the wrong business, dude. Cause if I see something that I don't agree with, I'm going to voice it. It is, it is what it is. I may not be right all the time, but I'm going to voice it no matter what. Just like that fucking Houston show that you and I have gone back and forth plenty of times about. I will never agree with you on that, but it is what it is. So, you know, just, deal with people critiquing you, man. Come up with with a, a better sense of conversation about it. Uh you know, open a dialogue with me about it. If you got a problem with the you know, with my with my with my critique of it. But again, Roca feels the exact same way I do. So, oh well. It is what it is. Uh I know you're not going to change it, but you you need to, you need to Get rid of some of these inconsistencies in the rules. You need to be a lot more consistent. And I know that, oh, it changes with uh, 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 announcer from announcer to announcer. Well, it shouldn't change from announcer to announcer. You know what I mean? It shouldn't just be on their discretion. It should be a rule that they have to also abide by. Maybe you need to sit down and have a deeper discussion with your team about what the rules would be in these situations. I don't know. But uh I, I feel like something else has, has to happen, and, and that kind of stuff has to be held accountable. I really do. And because of all of this, John is contemplating giving up his slot to Sabrina Ramirez. He, man, like watching him almost break down here, man. It was hard to watch. Um. Now, if he does this, if he gives up his spot, and Dan retains... His title. If he beats Ethan, that leaves an open slot um, on on the Finstock Exchange, which I'll I'll get into maybe some possibilities here uh, in a moment. Um, but if that's if that's what happens, if if he gives his his slot to Sabrina and Sabrina is automatically in, and then Dan retains and there's an open slot, I want to know who you think uh, should be that fourth person for the uh, Finstock Exchange. Uh, yeah, where it go? There it is. Twitter, like I say, at uh, movie blog Let me know who you think would you, who you who would you want to see in this tournament to take over, uh, essentially taking over for uh, Roca because he's going to be out, and Sabrina would automatically be in. So let me know. All right, and then um, John said, "If the rest of his season falls apart, like if this singles tournament doesn't go his way, if, if he loses in like." Probably even round two, you know what I mean? That he may be done with the Schmodown. And, uh, that breaks my heart. He's one of the reasons, he's the main reason why I got so into the Schmodown. Like, I started watching, um, because of that, uh, the Dan Merle John Campion match in season three. Cause, you know, I was a big, uh, like, uh, AMC movie talk fan and all this stuff. I was like, "Oh shit!" He, John Campbell's doing this movie trivia contest. That's cool. Let's—I'll check that out. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And like, so I would watch matches that I at least knew who the pre- people were, because there were matches like I don't know who either of these people are, and I just skipped them. Eventually, I—I I went back and would watch them, but um, like as I got more into it, but like I would just skip those. But then John Roca came around, and dude, I fell in love with this guy. Man, he—he's—he's he's such. He's got such a presence and it, I would be devastated if he, you know, if, I mean, eventually, I'm sure eventually he'll hang up, he'll hang up the Spurs, so to speak. But dude, <sighs> devastated if he, you know, if and when he finally uh, does leave. All right. So that's all the matches here. It's a bit of a longer episode, but uh, there, there it is. And we are going to get into the faction standings now. All right. Uh, here we go. There we go, the faction standings. Now, first off, I want to give a big thank you to uh, Repeat the Question podcast. They have a website, uh, Repeat the Question, uh, and they had the up-to-date faction standings on there. The the, tri- the, the schmodownlive.com, they were not updated, and I could not find them anywhere. I was scouring the Internet like the half an hour before I went on air because I was like, shit, I need to get these, these faction standings uh, finished, And I couldn't fucking find them anywhere. And I was like, I can't remember if if number one contender singles matches are two points, if they're three points, if there's something weird with it. I just, I, for the life of me, could not remember. And so I was like, wait a minute. I think repeat the question has, I I was like, I think, I'm pretty sure repeat the question has the faction standings. I was like, please, please be up to date. And sure enough, they were up to date. Thank you. Repeat the question. If you guys haven't checked them out, go and check them out right now. I think it's, um, I think it's our... RTQ podcast on Twitter, I think, uh, I believe it's at RTQ podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, dude, thank you guys, it, you saved my ass tonight with these faction standings. Okay, so let's get let's get back into it. All right, so uh, I'm going to start down at the bottom with number nine, quirky mercs with nine points, and then yes, folks, you are reading this correctly. The burning Drugs and the usual suspects are both at, tied at number seven. Tied because they have the exact same stats right now. Uh, nine matches played, four wins, five losses, no knockouts, nine points. Now, I don't actually agree with this being a tie. Mainly because, and, and if it is, if it's going to be a tie, I think that um, the suspects need to be above the droops. And I say this strictly because The last match that the Droogs played, which was the tag match, they lost. And the last match that the suspects played, which was this this number one contender match, they won. So because the the last match is played, the suspects won and the Droogs lost, I think the suspects should be above for that very reason. That's the only outlier here. That's the only difference in their stats at the moment. And that should have put the suspects at number seven, in my opinion. Um, I—that's just my opinion, but that—that's where it is. So then we have number six uh, with the dungeon with eleven points. Number five, the rock stars with twelve. Then we have uh, at number four the den with fifteen points. Then we have a huge jump, a nine-point difference here between uh, fourth place and third place. Uh, third place being swag with twenty-four points. Uh, who's uh, f- trailing pretty closely behind corruption at number two, with 27. Who is nipping at the heels of the number one team, the Finstock Exchange, with 29 points. And now, if if if, if Roca had won here, you know that would have really sent them up higher. And then you know if Dan wins, it'll definitely send them up uh, a bit higher. But uh, we'll see what happens come. Uh, uh, that I don't know if they've announced that because I know that the tournament, the singles tournament, starts on um the tenth, so a week from today, and so I don't know if they've announced uh, whether or not uh, they have a date for the Ethan and Dan Merle match, um, but it's got to be soon because it dictates who's going to be in uh in in the tournament. You know what I mean? It dictates who's going to be in the One of the play-in matches. So it's gotta be soon. Um, so I'm not 100% sure, uh, when that will actually happen. Um, also because the, uh, what's it called? The, the schedule hasn't been updated either. So I, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. So that is the faction standings. Uh, so next week we have, uh, another, Schmodown Throwdown. I love that they're doing these. So we've got Kevin Smets versus Chandru Dandapani for the Inner Geekdom Championship with the Undercard of the Pride versus Final Exam. That all takes place on Friday, August 7th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Time for people like me who are over here in New York trying not to die from a virus. That is right. Uh, so, uh, I, if you guys are as excited f- uh, about this as I am, let me know. Uh, head on over. Here it is. Once again, at Twitter, at movie blog Merc. Uh I want to know who you got, Smets or, or Chandru. Uh, and also, who you got for uh, Pride versus Final Exam. For me, um, I'm rooting for the Pride. I really am. Uh, I do think it's going to be a tough match no matter what. Because uh, Paul Yamalan are not someone you want to tangle with and take lightly but uh, I, I'm rooting for the pride for uh, Rachel Silvestrini and Ben Goddard uh, and as far as the intergeekdom Geekdom Championship match Smets all the way. He's going to smash the shit out of Chandru uh, and, and just walk on uh, walk into uh, Spectacular as the champ to face uh, uh, Chance Ellison it is going to be for lack of a better term Spectacular, that's right and we also have uh, the latest exhibition match up on Patreon for uh, for those who are patrons. That's right. It is an 80s action slash comedies match with Kaiser and Tom Dagnino. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds fucking great. These two dudes just going back and forth with 80s action comedies? Come on, man. That, that's that's one you don't want to miss. So if you're not a patron, I mean, just get the fucking $1, and uh, within a couple of weeks you'll be able to watch that match. Alright, so that's all I got for you folks. Uh, another episode, episode number 51 of Talking Schmodown. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I, I am so excited to uh, be back. You know, I took quite a break there from uh, the end of last year, up in about six months it took off. Uh, a lot of stuff went on, so uh, I'm glad that I, I'm back and doing these live. It's been interesting doing live shows. Uh, I've never done this before, so. I am pretty uh pumped to be doing this. And it's really getting me out of my shell as well. So uh thank you all for watching. You can head on over to, again, where is it? Come on, you guys know. It's Twitter, at MovieBlogMerc. Uh, I also have an Instagram. I don't do a lot there. I need to start posting more uh, on my Instagram. It's also at MovieBlogMerc. And then uh YouTube and Facebook, uh, Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, and you can also check out my website, MercWithMovieBlog.com. Uh, i recently put up a uh, review uh over there a new review uh over there so go check that out uh and i'll be posting one uh soon i think probably within the next couple of days for the new shutter film host uh which i'll give you a sneak peek of my review i loved it so uh keep an eye out for that um again at twitter movie Blog Merc, check me out there uh and once again thank you so much for uh, being here with me, uh, uh, you can also check me out Anchor.fm. I want to make sure I get to Anchor.fm/slash Movie Blog We got so many shows over there; it's it's insane. Uh, Sen After Live. We just finished up Beyond the Screen, uh, so you can listen to the final episode over there. Um, we've got a Harry Potter review show called Through the Port Key. Check that one out. A video game show called Game Over Screen. It's got a it's, it's good stuff. Uh, and then when uh, if you're into the Bachelor, Bachelorette, all that stuff, we have a Bachelor Nation podcast.